Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hello, everyone. Happy Monday. Welcome back to another episode of the Dental Download Podcast. My name is Haley and I'm your host. I'm finishing up my D1 year at the University of Michigan. And today's episode, we are joined with a guest, Oni Franco from the Dental Student Podcast. We talk about his experience so far in his orthodontics residency, how he switched from thinking about general dentistry to ortho. We talk a little bit about general dentistry residencies, and he also shares some advice for pre-dental students. So tons of different insight for all different levels of your dental journey here, but I quickly want to do my usual intro and just catch you all up on what's been happening in my life in dental school real time. So it's Sunday night, and this past week I had a nervous system exam that I felt so much more prepared for than the first one, which is great, and I really do feel like I learned a lot, which is what I'm trying to focus on, despite the fact that my score between the first and second exam didn't actually go up that much. That's always a little discouraging. But I'm really trying to focus on the fact that I feel like I understand this material much better than past exams. So I'm trying to take that to heart and just walk away knowing that I understand more and that's the more important thing than the percentage that you get on an exam. And this week I also was in SimLab and started class five restorations and preps. So that was something a little different. And also the biggest thing that was a first this week was that I assisted in clinic for the first time. I assisted my friend Haley. She's a D3. Eventually she's going to be on the podcast here because she had a unique journey into dental school as well. But I assisted her on a restoration and pretty straightforward all we really do as assistants or at least what I did was pretty much just suctioning the way the cubicles are set up most of the hand instruments and everything are right behind the student provider so I can't necessarily reach them when I'm on the patient's left side as the assistant but I did help like hand instruments sometimes if her hands were full when she was doing the procedure and I was suctioning and just interacting with the patient interacting with faculty in clinic because the faculty in clinic are different than the ones that are in the pre-clinic sim lab with us so overall it was a really great experience and I think I will be in there two or three more times this semester. So I'm looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to being done with the next two weeks. We're just going into our midterm season. So I have two exams this coming week, one in cariology and one in clinical foundations. And then the following week, we have five exams. So that's going to be a doozy, and I'll try to get these podcasts ready a little bit in advance, perhaps. I don't have to stress too much about it, but... Anyways, I'm looking forward to you all hearing this episode. It's really great, and Oni's so fun and personable, so I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. And with all that said in this intro, let's get right into the main episode. All right, so we have another guest with us today, and can you just introduce yourself a little bit? Yeah, what's up, everybody? It's uh, Oni Franco from, maybe this is a familiar voice or not, from the Dental Student Podcast. Haley, it is a pleasure to come on your show. Love what you're doing. I mean, the fact that you're putting out podcasts on a weekly basis as a D1 is remarkable. That is amazing. Um, I'm uh, right now, I'm at UT Memphis doing orthodontic residency for three years. Before this, I went to UF, go Gators, for four years for dental school. And then before that, I went to the University of Central Florida, go Knights, 
for my undergraduate degree degree. So born and raised in South Florida. So I uh, can't wait to go back after residency. And uh, I'm just loving the journey, loving the dental journey. I love the pre-dental journey all the way to dental school and then post-dental school and now doing a residency. It's been awesome. Dentistry has been great for me. Great. Yeah, I know. I think a lot of people get so focused on getting into dental school that they don't think about what comes after and that residency is a pretty common thing. So I'm excited to talk more about that today. Yeah, definitely. I mean, if you're a pre-dent right now listening, I mean, you just just focus on dental school. Uh, that's kind of like the advice mm-hmm. that you're, you've been given on your show. I've been listening to quite a few episodes of yours before hopping onto your show. And uh, just focus on getting on dental school. You know, have a good time in undergrad. Uh, take your DAT, do well in your schooling, and then get accepted to dental school. And then worry about residency later. I mean, if you just think about everything... Um, like I need to do well in dental school and then I need in order to get into residency, you're kind of just going to overwhelm yourself and be stressed out. And that's a no, no. So, so did you look into any other residencies besides ortho or were you set? Like I'm going to do ortho. Well, I guess, uh, I was very fortunate to go to UF because they had all at the time, eight residencies they had, you know, perio, pedo, oral surgery, ortho, um, oral path, radiology. So it was a very conducive environment to kind of shadow all the different specialties and kind of just get a grip on which one you like the most. Um, I also like general dentistry. I'm, I'm not one of those people that went into a specialty because I hated root canals. I mean, I hate root canals, but, uh, <laughs> and um, yeah, so I kind of just shadowed around. Um, always had general dentistry in the back of my mind, as well as ortho, because uh, I think if you're a dental student, at some point down the line, you got into dentistry, maybe because of ortho, maybe because you had braces and you're like, oh, this is cool. Dentistry is kind of cool. Um, so, yeah, I did a bunch of shadowing in the perio clinics. I uh, never really got into oral surgery. I don't think that world was for me. Um, I didn't like endo too much. I liked pediatrics. Pediatrics was awesome. And I like that ortho, you get a little bit of that. And um, yeah, and then I just kind of stumbled upon to ortho. Um, it was pretty late. It was pretty unorthodox. Uh, at UF, you take ortho as your last specialty class. So you take it at the beginning of your third year, I want to say. And uh, I kind of just, I loved it. I love every aspect of it. And I, I remember after the first week of classes, of ortho classes, I kind of went up to the professor and I was like, hey, I kind of I kind of enjoy this. I mean, um, you mind if I come into the clinic and just shadow? And he's like, yeah, man, no problem. And I was like, all right, sounds good. I'll be here this time, this date. And uh, from there on, the rest is history. Can you talk a little bit about the application process for your residency, maybe requirements, things you had to do during dental school to prepare? Yeah, definitely. Definitely. Um, the application process is actually, it's pretty long or it definitely feels like an attorney once you're going through it. Um, it's usually for you, it's going to start, I would say about March or so. The applications open for IDEA Pass around middle of May. IDEA Pass, if you're a dental student listening in, this is kind of like the ad SAS for you guys, uh, which you kind of use in order to uh, apply to dental school. So that'll uh, typically open in the middle of May. And that's kind of like a centralized location where you kind of input your letters of recommendations, your volunteer hours, your accolades, 
um, you know, anything kind of under the sun to help you get into residency, right? You kind of just fill it out to the best of your ability and uh, as well as your personal statement. So that'll be around May. It'll open up around May. You probably want to get it submitted around June, July, and then match. If you do match or if you do non-match, if you do match, there's a phase one and phase two. Match phase one, it will be, I believe, ortho um, and a couple other a couple of the GPRs, AGDs, and I want to say perio. Yeah, and perio. And then for phase two, that's typically the oral surgery, the pediatrics. I want to say anesthesiology, but don't quote me on that. Um, that's a new specialty. Um, and yeah, and the other half of the AGDs and GPRs. And so you kind of just need to decide also, I mean, match, non-match, that's probably a topic for another day, or we can get into that at the end of this podcast. So yeah, so you kind of decide what you like to do. So um, if you're doing phase one, you're going to find out at the end of November. And if you do phase two, then you'll find out in the beginning or middle of January. Again, those probably dates can or will be different now with everything with coronavirus and whatnot and giving people more time to do Zoom interviews or whatever it may be. So um, so you kind of just decide, of course, on your specialty. And then uh, that'll tell you if you go phase one or phase two. And with that being said, you'll probably start interviewing you'll or get interviews, hopefully, uh, September, October, November, and then they'll pretty much rank you, you rank them. And then, you know, when it's all said and done, hopefully you get an email at eight o'clock in the morning saying you've been, you've matched. Nice. Yeah. That sounds, it's very similar to, I guess, the getting into dental school process in a way. It's kind of like the, just a repeat of the same thing almost definitely definitely I remember that too and that was kind of that was kind of horrible too for me I was one of those people that got accepted late you know I kind of just stayed up all night and I don't know if they still do it on December 1st I'm not sure uh where they kind of that's yeah usually it is this year is two weeks behind because of COVID but usually it's yeah the first Monday of December I see I see yeah so I was one of those people that found out in April so that's pretty late Mm-hmm. Um, and then, uh, I was like, okay, then figured out that I was going to Florida and, and yeah, that was a journey within itself. I was like, wow, it's starting to get March, April. I mean, am I starting to fill out this cycle again? Like, should I, should I start looking for another couple letters of recommendation or what? So, um, so I got lucky, uh, thankfully and found acceptance and as you, as you will too, you know, I mean, it's just kind of the process everybody has to go through and it, it's, and if you're pre-dental students, don't even don't be more stressed, I guess. And I don't want to go off on a too much on a trans on a chan, tangent. Sorry, long day at work. Um, yeah, I don't want to go too much on a tangent. Uh, but if you're pre-dental students, don't worry about like, oh my gosh, like I'm not going to be able to get all these volunteer hours in, like I wanted to. All these shadowing hours. Just know that everybody's in the same boat. You know, that that's kind of like the best advice I can give to you as a pre-dental student and kill your DATs. I mean, it's getting more and more competitive every year with those, Mm -hmm. with those scores. Yeah, definitely. How would you say that, I guess your personal statement was different for dental school versus your residency? Ooh, that's a good question. I would say that they're kind of similar, honestly. Um, Again, not what I say is kind of like also, you know, just follow me and and you'll be all right. But uh, for me, it it's kind of they just kind of have the, had a similar pattern. 
It was, you know, why do you want to be a dentist? Why do you want to be an orthodontist? And how did you get there? And when that person is done reading that statement, they should be kind of persuaded that like, okay, if this person doesn't get in, he doesn't know what he's going to do. Like this person was born to be a dentist. This person was born to be an orthodontist. So uh, you kind of have to convince, well, I thought, and that was the approach that I took. And that was the advice that I was given. And you kind of just need to persuade the audience or whoever's reading your letter or your uh, personal statement that you want to be an orthodontist. Do you think that a pre-dent applying to dental school should mention specialties on their personal statement? I always hear that you should only talk about general dentistry, but what do you think? That's actually a pretty good question. Um, I'm not sure if I thought about that, but I would say... You know, it's it's not a problem or it won't be an issue to kind of mention, okay, you know, I was shadowing my orthodontist or, you know, I had braces when I was 14. Obviously, don't use that because that's cliche and that's been written over and over and over <laughs> again and they don't want to hear that. But um, if you were, you know, had a root canal or something like that and or your father or great uncle or whoever may be your cousin is an endodontist. You know, I don't think that would be an issue. And I realized that I started shadowing him. And then he told me that, you know, in order for me to kind of get a little bit more the basics of dentistry and, you know, they pushed me in the direction to go ahead and shadow a general dentist. I would definitely, definitely, definitely have some general dentistry shadowing experience on your resume, like 100 percent. That wouldn't I mean, I don't even think that would fly uh, for uh, for admissions if you don't have any general dentistry experience. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, and I think like the majority should be, the majority of your shadowing hour should probably come from general dentistry. Um, You know, and who knows? There's so, there's a diverse amount of people on the admissions board. I mean, you have oral surgeons, at least at UF. You had oral surgeons, you had oral pathologists, radiologists. I mean, you had general dentists, people that have been in academia, uh, you know, kind of their whole life and people that are, have been in private practice their whole life. So it's, you know, they'll definitely understand where you're coming from, but I would definitely have some general dentistry uh, shadowing hours on your application and make you a strong applicant. It's the same thing if you want to apply to ortho. I mean, you're not going to sit there and write, hey, I shadowed or I did 35 root canals in my, you know, my, mm-hmm. my, my time at UF dentistry. Yeah, for sure. So for ortho and applying, did you apply to a lot of schools or what's kind of the norm with that? Yeah, I think, I think that's a little bit different for everybody. Um, For me personally, I applied to about 14. I think I applied to all the SEC schools, honestly. Um, And that just kind of turned out to how it was. Um, I knew I wanted to be kind of in the Southeast region to look look at me now. I'm not really there, right? In Tennessee. (laughs) But um, I applied to the most, uh, to most of the southeastern schools and a couple up north. And uh, I just really did my research also. Um, see what, you, I mean, know what you want, know the type of experience you want. And if you don't know, that's fine. Talk to the residents that are um, in your school. I mean, these days you can reach out to people on social media and like, you know, oh my gosh, this person is like a orthodontist or this person, you know, is putting so many pictures up of root canals or I keep picking on endodontists, but like so many people are doing these perio surgeries or these implants. Let me just direct message them and kind of just chat with them for a second, see if they'll reach back out. I mean, 
that's why we got into the dental student podcast. This is why you're doing, you know, your podcast, the dental download podcast. There's, you know, we're just trying to be resources for people. And so if you're, if you're tuning in right now, I don't see why Haley wouldn't, you know, answer you if you're DMing her and asking questions, or maybe, you know, you'd like to hear someone speak and you maybe you reach out to her and they'll get her, she will get her or them on the show. So, mm-hmm. um, it's it's typically it's different for everybody and i hate to give like this kind of long-winded answer uh but you just definitely have to like do your research my my advice um for residency i would talk to and hopefully if if you can't reach out to somebody on social media or a friend of a friend or or close family i think an even better option would be is to reach out to the department uh, of your specialty or your residency if you want to do advanced general dentistry um, that's affiliated with your school. So if you want to go ahead and you want to do perio, uh, you know, walk downstairs to the perio department, um, after you kind of gain interest and just say, Hey, can I chat with you for like 30 minutes, you know, sometime in your office? I mean, you'd be surprised the amount of, you know, specialists or, you know, people that are just higher up and how much, you know, they'd be happy to talk to people that are in dental school and um, their students specifically, and to kind of educate them of what their specialty has to offer. I mean, you'd be surprised. I know some, if you're listening in, um, I know, I know some, sometimes it might just be frightening and you might be kind of shy to go up to your professor and, you know, you might be scared, but I mean, don't be sheepish. I mean, you're going to be all right. Just go talk to them and and honestly, they'll take that as a sign of respect and that you want to go ahead and do a little bit more digging about your future. Yeah, for sure. That's something I've definitely noticed in dental school. Like people are so willing to help and they want to help. And if they can't help you, they're going to say, oh, I don't really do much with that. But this person does. I'll have you email them like they're always down to help students. I mean, so willing to help the the faculty have been awesome to me. And those are like you know, I don't know how, um, you know, how it is at other schools, uh, you know, at Florida, my personal experience was just like the faculties were like, they were my friends, you know, but they were like, you know, obviously they weren't on my friend level. I wasn't talking to them like they were my friends, you know, obviously, you know, every time I approach them, I'll say doctor before their, you know, last name, but, uh, you know, there, we definitely socialize a lot and they have so much to offer. And, you know, they, they really truly for the people that are, that are really in it. And, you know, of course, everybody has those batch professors that kind of just clock in, clock out. They're on tenure for like 20 years. They're like, dude, when is this guy going to like move states or something? You know, everybody has those types of faculty. Like, um, but there's definitely some that really love teaching and, and love the students and actually do private practice for 20 years. And then they love their faculty so much when they were going through dental school, they decided to come back and they're like, you know what? Like, I love the relationship I had with my faculty. I love watching, you know, college football with them and, and, or whatever, maybe the hobbies that you had. And they would love to just spread their knowledge that they had for you. Yeah, I totally, totally agree. Um, so I know you're doing ortho and you obviously applied to an ortho residency, but I feel like a lot of people aren't aware that there's the residencies for general dentists. So GPRs and AEGDs. Do you have any insight on, why you think people look into those and why they're maybe beneficial? Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So I was thinking general dentistry a little bit, but I wasn't to the point where I was going to go ahead and do an AGD or GPR. I wasn't that deep into the game of general dentistry yet. Um, so 
from my friends that went ahead and applied to them. I know GPR is a little bit more rotational based and uh, AEGDs may be a little bit more private practice look, uh, have a little bit more private practice look. Um, I know a couple states require it um, in order to practice there. I think New York. No, I definitely know New York. You have to have it. Um, you have to have an extra year or two in general dentistry. And I think maybe Delaware as well. There, I'm not sure. Uh, don't quote me on that. But um, other than that, it's optional. I mean, people, the people that kind of tend to go into it are people that don't want to spend uh, the time or the money on um, these continuing education courses. I mean, they can be pretty expensive. If you want to learn how to do implants, that can be tens of thousands of dollars of CE. Plus, it's on a Saturday for 16 Saturdays straight or, you know, every other Saturdays for, you know, 16 months. Who knows? You know, there's definitely like you're going to have to be putting the time in after work, after hours in order to kind of learn these procedures. Um, yeah, you can kind of learn it on the job. It's all depending on who the person you are. Um, and if you want to practice outside before you practice on a person, um, you could definitely do both. Uh, and it, it depends on who's your mentor or are you, are you going to solo practice? Are you, you know, are, how are you going to learn it? How are you, I just don't see how you're going to go ahead and, and learn guided implants. Um, even though, you know, whatever the procedure may be graphs, whatever, uh, you're just really not going to learn that as a solo dentist, not taking CE. So if you don't have a mentor, that's going to a mentor or a family member, that's kind of going to show you the ways and, uh, and bring you in and take you under their wing. I think it's a great opportunity. Um, if you're, if you're single, if you're young, um, I mean, you could be a relationship, but like whatever, whatever, maybe if you don't have family and it's kind of easier for you to just move States or do another year or two where you can rely on somebody else's salary. Um, then I could see, I, I see why not, um, go ahead, do that kind of fifth year of dental school, essentially of what I would say. And I hate to kind of say it like that because everybody looks at dental school like, Oh, that was like the worst four years ever. Um, but I would definitely, um, how definitely consider it. it? Like, why not? You know, you'll, you're definitely going to get that hand speed. You also are going to get paid. Um, I, I mean, I don't know the ranges, but I have buddies that get paid 50 to 60 to $70,000. Um, and if you think about it like that, so if you get paid, $70,000, right? Um, and you're starting dentist at maybe 120, 130, 140. And, you know, you're going to want to take the CE, right? So that's, you know, 20, $30,000. If you want to take these, these big classes, like these implant educator courses, you want to take Dawson, learn occlusion really well, TMJ really well. Um, and those are just a few courses you want to take the spear courses. And right now, maybe you're not familiar with those terms, but those are kind of like the bigger CEs that people want to invest their time and money because those build great general dentists. And so the more you have, you know, the more knowledge you have is the more, um, I guess, efficient. I mean, that's not really the word I'm probably going to, uh, would use, but the more, the more valuable you are to your patients to your practice. Um, so that, that's pretty much why people would probably go into it. So let's say you're making $70,000 at the GP, the AGD or the GPR. And you know, you're taking these courses for like 20, $30,000 that you don't have to pay for. You're already at a hundred thousand dollars. Right. And you don't have to go on Saturdays or after five o'clock to do these CEs. So you get that time back. So 
you know, and plus you're not, I don't know, maybe you're not as stressed because you're not really taking the work home with you. Um, you know, if maybe you're in private practice, maybe you are, you know, in, in a residency, it's kind of like you leave it there, you know, it's like you, you still don't have that full responsibility, I guess I would say, of, uh, you know, everything just leaning on your shoulders. Yeah, for sure. It's a part of my plan for our break after finals is to look a lot more into the residencies because all the general dentists that I've talked to are like speaking very, very highly of AEGDs and GPRs. And they're like, you kind of got to do one. Like it's so helpful if you want to go into private practice. So it's very interesting because you just don't really hear about it when you're like a pre-dent, I don't think. Yeah. And it it is very, it's going to be very interesting, especially right now with coronavirus. Um, You know, it hit my class around March. I mean, everybody was for the most part done with their requirements because we were graduating in about two months. But I mean, I'm thinking about the juniors that were that were coming in after us, and I mean, I just don't see them being able to cut 25 crowns or do five root canals and you know extracting 60 teeth uh, within the time frame before graduation. I just don't see that happening. And how else are you going to get that respect? Either you go out, find a mentor, find a good uh, situation for yourself, or do an AGD or GPR. Yeah. Yeah. I totally agree. And I think they're going to be even more popular than they were before. So for you looking at your, your ortho residency and deciding where you wanted to rank for match, how did you look at programs and like decide what would be a good fit for you? And I'll try to keep this one short. Uh, I, um, I typically, I, I took location out of it that for me wasn't a big deal. Um, I was ready to do whatever I needed to do for two to three years, um, put myself kind of in the best situation to be the best clinical orthodontist I could be. So I, I, I didn't do location and location is one of uh, the primary things for, for people that people look into, which is, I, I totally see why uh, for me, it just wasn't important, but that's something you might look into. Uh, I looked into the number of residents. I didn't want a lot of residents. Um, I just felt that that would just be more um, or less time that I would be able to kind of get from the faculty and less uh, resources essentially for the time that I was pursuing that re- that residency. I looked for the for the number of faculty. Um, there's two types of faculty. There's the the full time and there's the part time. And um, the more full time, the better. I mean, I could not tell you how many times. I, um, you know, have a question on what to do or or how to do this, how to do that, whether it's on the computer extracting pans from CVCTs or, um, you know, or how to make a Melissa loop, you know, in a wire, you know, it's, it's just, it's just great to have a lot of faculty around you all the time. And you can just go ahead and go into their office and talk to them about Ceph tracing, you know, that's probably boring for 99% of your audience right now, but you know, it's very important to have a lot of faculty members, I thought, for the most part. And then I kind of just, I looked at where the program was heading towards um, and what they do on a, uh, on a daily basis. Like, where were they in terms of technology? Were they taking impressions on everything? Are they, um, you know, doing all their, like, are they, are they casting their crowns? You know, stuff like that, you know, that you should look into. But I would just want to see where they were in technology. Are they doing 3D imaging? Are they 3D printing trays? Do they have that technology? Is that you know something, a resource that I could use during my time here? Um, 
So that's something I look I looked into as well. And uh, probably the most important is the camaraderie uh, between the residents themselves and the residents and faculty. So I just wanted to make sure that it was a nice, friendly and family environment. That's probably the number one thing I looked for um, because I just wanted to be in a great environment. I knew that I wanted to come into work every day from eight to five and uh, I wanted to love the people that I'm around. Thankfully, I have awesome co-residents and, uh, you know, it's just, it, it's a great time being around them all, all the time. Uh, we are, we're in like, we're in one room. We have one resident room. It's the 12 of us. It, it, it's awesome. It's just a great time. And that's pretty much why I decided that and all the seven other things that I would just said, mentioned, but that's pretty much why I wanted to come to, to UT and not saying that other schools didn't have that. They did. Um, they definitely did. I just, kind of was just most attracted to this program on interview day, which, I mean, we could talk about interview day too. I mean, that's definitely something that's important. Um, Yeah. That was literally the next thing I was going to ask you. I was going to ask how interview day was like, maybe how it compared to again, dental school interviews. For the interviews that I attended, they usually start with a social or end with a social, just kind of like the day uh, you pick and just how it works. So it has a social the social will typically be with the residents only or the residents and faculty and the faculty will kind of just dip out early. Um, so that's pretty much it. And that's a very lax environment. I mean, you either it's either at a bar or a restaurant and you're kind of just in this one room. I mean, I don't know how they're doing it right now. Probably they're I, mean, I know we didn't do it this year and maybe they won't do it next year. But. Um, so you'll have that, you'll have that social, it's an awesome, great time, uh, to really just kind of mesh and learn who these residents are and who these faculty and what they have to offer. And, uh, they'll do a slide presentation at some of them and kind of just talk a little bit about their program. I actually found myself not talking about orthodontics at all during my time at the socials. It was kind of just getting to know people like where they're from and, uh, you know, what they enjoy to do on their free time. I talked a lot about college football uh, during uh, during my time. Uh, go Gators! I mean, we're fifth in the or sixth in the nation now, so hopefully we make the playoffs. We'll uh, we want Bama. Hopefully we beat them in the SEC championship, but we'll see. But uh, but yeah, it's it's really a great environment for you to learn who the residents are and the residents talk. I mean, they they kind of just tell you like, you know what, you're going to interview with this guy tomorrow like, don't worry about him. Like, you know, he's going to throw you some curveballs, and, you know, he's, you know, he's known to ask like kind of like weird questions. Just don't be thrown off. That's just his personality. You know, it's, it's cool. They give you little tips and tricks on like how to succeed on interview day, because at the end of the day, they were in, or we were in that seat a year ago and we want you to, you know, have a successful match process. And so we'll, you'll have the social, then uh, you'll wake up, go to the interview. And for me, I had anywhere from three to five interviews from one to three people in each interview. And uh, they'll typically ask you, uh, you know, hey, Oni, tell me a little bit about yourself. What's going on, man? Read about you all. Read about all the 47 papers in your application uh, or 47 pages in your application. Like, tell me a little bit about you that maybe I don't know, you know, just from reading your resume. And so you definitely want to be prepared for the who are you question. And you definitely want to be prepared for why you want to be an you know, orthodontist, pedodontist, oral surgeon, um, why you want to do another year in general dentistry. 
Um, so be prepared for those, pretty much those two questions and you should be fine. Be lax. If you're, if you got the interview, like you're halfway through the door. I mean, they, they, they just want to see that you're a human being and that you're somebody that will or will not mesh with their current environment that they have, the residents and the faculty. So I think that's, that's pretty much what they're looking for. Um, you're it's, and I kind of want to just, it, it's cliche, but just kind of be yourself. And if you're fit, you're fit. If you're not, you're not, it is what it is. It's like that, that's it, that just be yourself and you'll be all right. You'll land somewhere. Awesome. Awesome. So I feel like we covered a lot already, which was great about residencies. So just to wrap up, do you have any like words of wisdom you want to leave dental students with? First of all, be humble. Always be humble um, to your fellow classmates and to your faculty. As for your faculty, another tip, get to know them. You know, go out of your way. Go to office hours. Don't be annoying about it. That's for sure. You know, just just go ahead, get to know them you know, kind of pop a few jokes here and there. I loved my faculty members. I still, I still do. I love my faculty members here. And maybe if it wasn't coronavirus, I would go out with them, um, you know, just kind of pick their brains a little bit more, but get to know your faculty members. Those are people that, you know, you're going to be able to rely on for a lot of years, especially when you're practicing, you know, you'll send them pictures of cases like, what do I do here? And uh, they'll be there for you. As for your classmates, be nice to everybody. Um, at the end of the day, you can, you know, be friends with everybody, but, you know, you'll click up and there's nothing wrong with that. You'll have your group of friends, you four five, six, maybe three um, a group of friends that you'll kind of just click up with. And those that'll be your ride or dies. And those are the people you pull all nighters with. And, uh, you know, those are the people you'll talk to after dental school. I mean, you know, just being frank, like I graduated with 89. I've only I'm only maybe been in contact with nine of them. And, you know, um, six or seven of them are kind of like my boys. And, you know, I know that I'm going to just talk to them for, you know, hopefully the rest of my life. And we have a group chat that probably goes off every other day and we keep up with each other and, you know, definitely keep those relationships going because probably maybe dentistry is moving towards kind of like a group practice setting. Maybe, who knows? You heard it here first. So, um, so that being said, I mean, that's probably, that's probably everything. Um, again, it's only going to help you out. Um, don't kind of, you know, be a, you know, be a gunner, I guess. Like don't, don't, uh, you know, I'm trying to choose my choice of words here, but just kind of enjoy the process, you know, yeah. find something and I'm going off on a tangent here, but just try to choose something that you like as well. in in dental school, whether it's a hobby, doing yoga, going to the gym, find something that kind of grounds you meditating, um, and, and kind of just stay real with that, stay true to that and do that. You know, it doesn't have to be on a daily basis. It could also be reading a book, just something that kind of is away from dentistry that doesn't have to do anything about teeth. Um, just kind of use that to kind of, I guess, bring you back and, uh, you know, kind of just see the picture full as a, as a dental student, as you know, you're, you're just going through this, this life, this life journey, and you're going through dental school and enjoying the process. Just always enjoy the process. Wow. I digress there, but I don't know. Oh, I, I feel like it. I can give you a whole episode <laughs> with all these tips. And, you know, uh, again, I, I talk all about this on the podcast and shout out to mm -hmm. Justin, RJ and Eric. We started the, the dental student podcast together. So love those guys. 
Um, but yeah, that's, great. that's pretty much what I have for you. Great, great. Yeah, I totally agree with all your closing thoughts. So those were awesome. Um, is the best way if people do want to ask you any questions or anything just to message your Instagram page for Dental Student Podcast? Yeah, they can go ahead and reach out um, at Dental Student Podcast on Instagram. Um, you could also send us Dental Student Podcast at Gmail. Um, and I, kinda, I, I would love to answer any questions that you may have. It doesn't have to be ortho related at all. And kind of just be a resource for anybody, you know, from pre-dents to residents would love to shed some light and kind of help out in any way that I can. Awesome. Thank you so much. Of course. My pleasure. And uh, kudos to you. I mean, doing this on a weekly basis as a D1, I mean, we couldn't even think about that when we were dental (laughs) students. I know we, uh, when I say we, Justin, RJ and Eric and I, um, when we were thinking about doing the podcast, we, we thought about it probably midway through second year. And we were just like, all right, we're going to pursue this full time after boards, which was like the middle or the summer of second year at the end of second year. So the fact that you're doing this at D1 and you know, you'll go through a D2 year as well. I mean, that's amazing. I mean, those are probably the most rigorous courses in your dental journey. So Thank you. Shout out to you for killing <laughs> thank it. You, thank really, you. Really, that's awesome and amazing. I'm looking forward to kind of see you and, and your journey in this podcast. Yeah, it'll so be, very it'll be interesting. Be <laughs> all right, that's the end of this week's episode. I hope you all enjoyed it. Again, be sure to check out Dental Student Podcast if for some reason you haven't heard of it yet. They have so many great episodes, obviously starting back when they were in dental school, and now they're all in their residencies, and they also do sometimes bring on really cool dentists as guests as well. So next week, you can look forward to another episode on Monday, of course, and that's going to be a solo episode talking all about finding housing in dental school. That was one of the requests from you all on Instagram, so I thought it would be helpful if you're a pre-dent, maybe worried about that, but most specifically, if you're an incoming student that was recently accepted to dental school, I'm hoping to get some insight from fellow D1s all across the country about their experiences, so it's not just limited to mine at Michigan, but hopefully overall I'll have some good tips to give you guys, probably be a short and sweet episode, but I'm looking forward to it, and I will chat with you next Monday.